For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. This is part six of the series. Next, we're going to see from the book Sound the Great Shofar by Rabbi Menachem Schneerson that it's the Jewish understanding that the world was created solely for the Messiah. And this is stated in the Talmud in Sanhedrin 96b. Now what we're going to do in elaborating the concept that the world was made for the Messiah, we are going to take the first word of the Bible, Breshit. And as we've showed you in this teaching, that in a Torah scroll, the first letter of the first word of the Bible, the first letter is the Hebrew letter Bet, that in a Torah scroll, it is enlarged. And Bet means a house. And so this communicates to us in the deeper spiritual meaning that the purpose of creation is that the God of Israel wanted a dwelling place on the earth. He wanted to have a house. So now, if we take the first two letters of the first word of the Bible, the first word is Breshit, which in English means in the beginning. The first two letters are the Bet and the Resh. And so we would pronounce this bar, and that's the Aramaic for sun. So we put the thought together that the reason for the purpose of the creation of the heavens and the earth is the God of Israel wanted to have a house for his son. Now, if we take the first two letters of the first word of the Bible, Breshit, and combine it with the last two letters of the first word of the Bible, Breshit, it's going to form a Hebrew word, Brit, which means covenant. And so we can see the God of Israel wanted to have a house for his son, and the means by which he was going to have that house is through covenant. Now, Given, as we explained when we covered the Hebrew letter bet, that the bet at the beginning of a word grammatically can mean for. So if you separate the bet from the rest of the word breshit, you have bet plus reshit. And so that's how you get the translation in the beginning. So reshit means the beginning or the first. And so you can read the first word of the Bible as saying for beginning or for the sake of the beginning, that the world was created for the sake of the beginning. But who in the Bible is called the beginning that the world was created for? Israel is called the beginning, the Torah is called the beginning, and Messiah is called the beginning. So we can see by looking at 
the Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, the spiritual concept that the world was created because the God of Israel wanted to have a house for his son and he was going to enter into covenant with the beginning in order to have or to build that house. We can see that Israel is the beginning in Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 3 as it is written. Israel was holiness under the Lord and the first fruits of his increase. The word first fruits is the Strong's number 7225 in the Strong's Hebrew dictionary. And it's the Hebrew word reshit here translated as first fruits. But in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22, it is written, The Lord possessed me, and this is wisdom speaking or being personified. The Lord possessed me, that is wisdom, in the beginning. That is in Hebrew, reshit. And the Lord possessed wisdom in the reshit of his way before his works of old. That is before the creation of the heavens and the earth. I, wisdom, was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. And so here, the Torah is personified as wisdom. And we see that the Torah is associated with Rashid or the beginning. Now, in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, in the beginning. And so this is going to be giving you a deeper spiritual insight regarding the first word of the Bible, Breshit, of which I'm laying out for you and helping you to understand that deeper spiritual meaning. And this is what the disciple John was communicating regarding insights into Yeshua in John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, that Reshit is the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. The same in the beginning with God. So, what John is trying to explain is Yeshua is the Rashid. Yeshua is the beginning. And so the purpose of creation, it's for the Messiah because the God of Israel wanted to have a house for his son and he was going to enter into covenant with the beginning who is Israel, Torah, and Yeshua. So now if we take that first word of the Bible, Breshit, and this understanding is explained in the book by Grant Luton in his own words on page 27. And Rashid is six Hebrew letters. And if we break it apart and we take letters 1, 5, and 6, that it is going to spell the Hebrew word Beit or house. And then if we take the remaining letters, that is letters 2, 3, and 4, it's going to spell the Hebrew word rosh, which means head. Therefore, we can see in this word breshit that there's a house and there's going to be someone who's the head of the house. And the one that's the head of the house is the reshit, the beginning. And so who is this person that's the head of the house who's also the reshit? the beginning, it is Yeshua. So we can see, as Paul explained in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, regarding Yeshua, Paul wrote and explained the following, that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Next, 
after we've examined here the first word of the Bible, Breshit, we're going to look at the second word, Bara. And if we take the word Bara and we take the first two letters of Bara, we have the word Bar, which is Aramaic for sun. So we have Bar plus Aleph. And as we explained in the first part of this teaching, that Aleph is going to represent the God of Israel. And so we can take Bara and we can break it apart and we can see that it can say the Son of God. Now, we have the Hebrew word for build, which is Bana. And if we take the first two letters of the Hebrew word for Bana, build, the first two letters make the Hebrew word Bain, which is son. So we also have the meaning of son of Aleph, son of God. So we can see then that the world was created because the God of Israel wanted to have a house for his son. He was going to make a covenant with the beginning. And the beginning, the Reshit, Yeshua, is the head of the house. And he is the son of God. We can see how Yeshua is the son of God in John chapter 9. Verses 35 through 37, as it is written, and Yeshua said, Do you believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Yeshua said unto him, You have both seen him, and it is he that talks with you. So next, we are going to see then the next example, how we can glean or draw spiritual insights, connections, and truths from the Hebrew language and Hebrew words. And this comes from the book, The Building Blocks of the Soul, Insights into the Hebrew Language by Matatiahu Glazerson on page 95. He explains that the Hebrew word for man is ish, and the Hebrew word for woman is isha. And if you look at ish and isha, they both contain an aleph and a shin. And aleph and shin is the Hebrew word ash, which means fire. And so this communicates that when a man and a woman comes together, that there's to be a connection. There's to be fire between them. And so that fire can be positive or it can be negative. And if you then see what remains when you take out the common letters in man, ish, and woman, isha, that is the aleph in the shin, which makes the Hebrew word ish. What is left, if you remove those two letters, are the Hebrew letters yod and he. And yod and he is yah, which is the shortened form for the God of Israel, yod, he, bav, he, the shortened form is Yah or Lord, that in a relationship between a man and a woman, if the Lord isn't a part of that relationship, then there's destructive fire between them. So we can see this spiritual truth in the Hebrew letters in the Hebrew language as well. The next secret or insight that we're going to be sharing with you from the Hebrew scriptures comes from the book in his own words by Grant Luton on page 127. And he explains that the very first letter 
of the Torah in Genesis 1.1 is the Hebrew letter Bet. And then the Torah ends in the last letter of the first five books of the Torah. The last letter is the Hebrew letter Lamed. So if we take the Lamed in the Bet, we have the Hebrew word Lev, which means heart. And so we can see from this that the Torah represents or expresses the heart of God. Next, we're going to see that the Hebrew alphabet is a picture language. And in the book, The Ancient Hebrew Language and Alphabet, on page 91 and 115 by Jeff Banner, we can see that for every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, it's got a corresponding word picture that's associated with that letter. So that being the case, we're going to take the Hebrew letters that are a part of the Hebrew word Yeshua. And so Yeshua is Yod, Shin, Vav, Ayin. And so we're going to take each one of those letters and we're going to get a spiritual understanding by looking at the meaning of those letters. And we're going to look at the meaning from left to right. So the first letter is ayin, and ayin means to see. Vav means a nail or a hook. And the shin is associated and connected to the God of Israel, whose name is El Shaddai. And then Yod means a hand. So if we take the word Yeshua, which means salvation, and it's the Hebrew word for what we sometimes say in English, Jesus, and we take the Hebrew letters of his name from left to right, and every Hebrew letter is associated with the pictorial picture meaning that we can see in Yeshua's name the following. See the nail in El Shaddai's hand. So we can see how in the Hebrew letters of Yeshua, it's going to communicate a spiritual understanding that he is going to die on the tree. We can also see this from the Hebrew word for the sign. So the is represented by the Hebrew letter He. And so the sign is He plus the word for sign is Aleph Vav Tav. So Aleph represents the leader or the God of Israel himself. Vav, nail, tav, sign, cross, tree. So the sign is Yeshua dying on the tree. Next, we're going to look at the Hebrew word Torah. And we are going to look at each of the letters of Torah as well. So we're going to then also look at these letters from left to right. And so we got the He, and He means behold, and then Resh, which means the head or a man, and then Vav, nail, and then the Tav is tree or cross. And so Torah from left to right, the letters in the pictorial understanding and meaning of what is Torah is behold the man nailed to 
the cross. Now, the next spiritual insight and secret that we're going to learn from biblical Hebrew in the Hebrew language is the importance of a name in Hebrew thought. And a name in Hebrew thought represents your character, your calling, or your spiritual destiny. For example, this is why Yeshua was named salvation. It says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, and you will call his name Yeshua. So remember, a name in Hebrew thought is someone's character, calling, or spiritual destiny. Call his name Yeshua, which means in Hebrew salvation. Call his name salvation. What? That's who he is, and that's what he does. He will save his people from their sins. The next example we're going to look at regarding the importance of a name in Hebrew thought is the Hebrew word for Pharaoh, which is paro. And if you break apart the letters in Hebrew for Pharaoh, which is paro, you take the first and the last letters, because paro has four Hebrew letters. You take the first and the last letters, and you have the Hebrew word peh, which means mouth, and the two letters in the center of the word is Ra. And so you break Pharaoh down in the Hebrew and you can have and derive the meaning from the Hebrew that Pharaoh represents or is associated with an evil mouth. And this spiritual connection we can see in Revelation in chapter 13. And here when it talks about the beast coming up out of the sea. It says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, an evil mouth. So we can see that Pharaoh spiritually is connected with the beast that's rising up out of the sea. Additional examples that we're going to see of the importance of a name in Hebrew thought comes from Genesis chapter 25, verse 21, verse 24, and verse 26, where there it is written that Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and Rebekah his wife conceived, and there were twins in her womb. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. So Jacob is the Strong's number 3290 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And Jacob in Hebrew is Yaakov. And the Akov part of Jacob's name is associated with the Hebrew word akev or akev, which means the end or the heel. And so because Jacob grabbed a hold of Esau's heel contained in his name is heel catcher. Our next example that we're going to see is the word Babylon. And Babylon in Hebrew is going to mean to confuse or to mix. We can see this in Genesis chapter 11, verse 5 and verse 9. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. Therefore is the name of it called Babel. Now, Babel is the Strong's number 894 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And Babel means to confuse by mixing. And Babel is connected or associated with the Hebrew word Balal. And Balal means to mix, mingle, confuse, or confound. So there's a play on the Hebrew here in Genesis chapter 11 verse 9. The name of it is called 
Babel because the Lord did Balal, the language of all the earth. It's called confused by mixing because the Lord confounded or mixed the languages of the earth. Up until that time, all the people could communicate with each other. They spoke Hebrew, but then there were different languages that came about so that the people could not communicate with each other. Let's show some more examples of the importance of a name in Hebraic thought. This comes from Genesis chapter 17 verses 3 through 5 as it is written. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you will be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name any more be called Abram, but your name will be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made you. So this is a play on the Hebrew once again, because Abram is the number 87 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And Abram means exalted father. And so his name was going to change from being exalted father to Abraham when the God of Israel added a hey to his name. And as we have already taught in this teaching that the hey, you say hey, that it is associated with breath or life, the breath of God. And so God's life was injected into Abraham and his life. And now Abraham means a father of a multitude. And so because the blessing of Abraham when God entered into covenant with him and was going to actively work in his life and the life of his descendants that in the destiny of Abraham and his descendants that Abraham was going to become a father of many nations so that becomes his name Abraham a father of a multitude. Next we're going to look at an example from Hosea chapter 1. We're there in Hosea chapter 1 we have a marriage between Hosea and Gomer. And in Hosea chapter 1, verse 4, there's going to be the first of three children that are born from this marriage that's mentioned in Hosea chapter 1. And the first child was called Jezreel. And Jezreel in Hebrew means God will sow or God will scatter. So because the northern kingdom was going to be scattered in the nations of the world, that the first child of Hosea... And Gomer's marriage is going to be named, God's going to scatter. Then the second child is named Lo-Rohama. And Lo in Hebrew is no or not, Rohama is mercy. So the second child is named Lo-Rohama or no mercy in Hosea chapter 1 verse 6. The third child in Hosea chapter 1 verse 9 is named Lo-Ami. Lo in Hebrew is no or not, Am is people, Ami is my people. So the third child is named not my people. So the names of the children are going to spiritually represent the judgment of the northern kingdom. That they're going to be scattered into the nations. They're going to be cut off from the covenant. And the God of Israel is not going to show a mercy because they've been cut off from the covenant. And they're not going to be his people once they get cut off from the covenant for breaking the Torah that was given at Mount Sinai. Our next example is the name of Isaac, which in Hebrew is Yitzhak. And we're told in Genesis chapter 21, verses 2 and 3 and verse 6, Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare unto him Isaac. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh 
so that all will hear will laugh with me. So Isaac in Hebrew is Yitzhak, and Yitzhak means laughter. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject, Secrets of Biblical Hebrew. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.